Welcome to the IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast for couples who struggle with infertility and want to fulfill their dreams of becoming parents. To access previous episodes packed with ideas, solutions, and tips that actually work, head over to Dr. Chapman's IVF podcast on iTunes. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1-800-111-483 or by emailing him michael.chapman at ivf.com.au. Hi, this is Professor Chapman. Recently we've been doing some Facebook Live sessions where I've been answering questions from the listeners and participants. What you're about to hear now is some audio of those segments and I hope they'll be useful for you. So tonight I thought we would go back to some extent. Each of these we tend to talk about specific problems but every day that I'm in the clinic, I run through what an IVF cycle involves. And I thought it might be worthwhile just let everybody know about what is involved in an IVF cycle. Because while some people have had friends have gone through it, the majority still don't know the finer details. So we start with what our goal is. Obviously, our goal is to get a pregnancy. And getting a pregnancy with IVF does improve the more eggs that you have to produce the embryos that are going to produce the baby. Unfortunately, it is a bit of a numbers game and that's because nature is not very clever. In relation to humans, a lot of the eggs that are produced, even in young women, are genetically abnormal. They can still fertilize and they, but then they won't implant or they'll create early miscarriages. So back to square one. We want more eggs. How do we make more eggs than a natural cycle? A natural cycle and one egg is produced. And that egg is actually one of something like 100 to 200 eggs that begin development about 90 days before the final egg is released. So it's a long process. What, what normally happens is that the one egg, the dominant follicle, through mechanisms that we still don't totally understand, suppresses all the other eggs that are beginning to come through and they we, lo- we lose them they've gone but by giving medication fsh which is the hormone the brain normally produces to produce follicle growth follicle stimulating hormone not surprisingly it's its name uh, stimulates follicles but by giving a dose that's four or five times what the body normally produces the brain normally produces and continuing it for a longer period of time we are able to rescue many of the eggs that would otherwise have been lost that cycle so that's the fsh and that comes in in australia there are five or six different varieties now and when you go to your specialist they'll have their own favorite but in fact they're all pretty much identical in terms of pregnancy rates at the end of the day once that started, and that usually starts in what's called a short cycle, which is about 85, 90% of cycles in Australia are called short cycles or antagonist cycles. And you'll see why I say that in a minute. That's, we start on day one or two of the cycle with the FSH, which is when the ovary is normally receptive to FSH. And the follicles that are there that are beginning their journey their final bit of the journey, the last 14 days, we're picking them up 
and carrying them forward. And they grow over the next 14, 10 to 14 days to be ready for harvesting. Most of these injectables, most of the FSH is injectables, which we, which you put in your tummy, a bit like an insulin syringe and a very tiny needle. There's one particular compound, which is a single injection on day two, and that lasts for seven days. And certainly for women whom that dose suits, it certainly reduces the burden for the patient in terms of injections. The next injection that comes along is around about day five or six of the cycle, which is its job is to stop the ovary releasing the eggs before we get to them to collect the eggs that's it's called an antagonist and it blocks the pituitary gland from releasing the hormones that in nature normally on a normal menstrual cycle would produce ovulation so by suppressing that surge of lh we can then control when we collect the eggs when I started doing IVF, we didn't have those med that medication or there's another one, an agonist, a slightly different cycle called a long cycle. We didn't have those medications. And so we spent our time as we got close to day of ovulation doing urine tests every six hours to pick up the surge of the natural hormone. And unfortunately, that's not determined by anything other than luck. So we were getting up at four o'clock in the morning to do egg collections and often going in too early or too late and missing out on good eggs. So these medications have allowed us to control things so much better. This also means that you don't have to keep coming to, into the clinic on a regular basis to be, as, be checked. In the early days, before the patients were coming in every day and sometimes twice a day. The other two medications leading up to the collection of the eggs obviously we want to know that they're actually working so you'll be having blood tests and ultrasounds on the way through in those 10 or 12 days clinics vary in the intensity in which they monitor some do it almost every day others do it alternate days but generally it is every two or three days that you'll need to attend the clinic to have an ultrasound and a blood test to see where the hormones are going and don't forget that you can access all the previous episodes by going to our website www.theivfjourney.com and select IVF Journey Podcast from the navigation menu. Thank you for listening to The IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast which helps couples negotiate their way through the IVF journey all the way to parenthood. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1-800-111-483 or by emailing him michael.chapman at ivf.com.au.